0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first 3 orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us now from DallasCowboys.com. He
1: is sexy as old get out that beard is majestic. And he's happy because his LSU Tigers are pretty good. It's our buddy, David Hellman, brought to you by Ford, the best in Texas. How are we doing, uh, Mr. Hellman?
2: I'm doing great, y'all. Thanks for having me, as always. Absolutely.
1: We're uh, we're very excited to have you on. Um, there's been a lot of chatter about uh, Taco. We've talked a- about him a lot uh, the last couple of weeks. He be gone. What kind of an impact do you think this may have, if at all, on rookie Tristan Hill?
2: Um. Oh. I,
1: I don't know that it has
2: a huge one. I think, if anything, the biggest impact for Tristan Hill right now is that Antoine Woods looks unlikely to play. Uh, so Antoine's more of a nose tackle. Tristan's more of a three technique. But just by you know the lack of bodies, you would assume he'll be active because of that. I don't think Taco being released has much to do with that other than, you know, uh, it'll prompt some way-too-early speculation about Hill's own career trajectory. But, like I said, I think Tristan Hill's got a really good shot to play this week, so we'll see what he can do. So
3: so the Cowboys are in a situation where they uh, are 21.5-point uh, favorite, <laughs> favorites here. Uh, I don't even remember a time where they've been favored that much. Do you expect to see Cooper Rush in this game?
2: I hope so heck yeah i do i mean if if they if we don't then what what's going on um yeah i mean you know jason garrett and, and the cowboys to their credit they you know they're going to take this game seriously one thing i always say is is garrett's consistency you know i i genuinely believe that he doesn't look much further ahead on the schedule than about 3 hours from now this team has never really had much of an issue playing up or down to their competition they're very consistent under Garrett but like for me as a reporter like it's it's not my job to take the Dolphins seriously it's my job to you know preview what I think's going to happen and if Dak Prescott's still in the game in the fourth quarter then something went horribly wrong because uh, the Cowboys maybe maybe they don't cover the spread who knows but they should win this game pretty comfortably at the end of the day but
1: but that has been, a, at least a criticism we've had on our show of Garrett in the past, is he will, like, I remember, I believe it was the Jacksonville game in the UK where they were up 100 on a mud field, and, you know, starters were still out there. That kind of drives me crazy about him. And maybe, you know, that's part of you got to take the good with the bad because that is part of taking your opponent seriously that you're going to truly finish the fight even when it feels like the fight was finished a quarter and a half ago yeah i don't know how you feel about that sort of stuff but it it tends to drive me mad
2: well and i hear you and and you're right i mean it would go against garrett's grain to like you know he's he's not going to admit the game's over at halftime and and he probably shouldn't the other thing is this is the nfl and i don't just mean that in terms of the competition level i mean you don't have that many bodies to throw in there. Uh, this isn't yeah. this isn't college where you've got you know three teams worth of depth to throw in there when the game gets out of hand. A lot of these guys are going to have to play because there's no other option. Um, but your quarterback is not one of those guys, and you know uh, we saw it. We saw it week one when the Cowboys went up. I think they were you know once it was like thirty-five ten and it was the fourth quarter. Dak came out for two or three possessions and let Cooper rush hand off to Tony Pollard. So. Yeah, I mean, Dak and Zeke will get out of this game if it gets out of hand. But, like I said, when you've only got 46 guys, a lot of your starters are going to have to play just because of the numbers crunch.
3: All right. Uh, Steven Jones on our – or I think it was Jerry, actually. Jerry Jones on our radio station. And Sean and RJ were kind of tiptoeing around the Jalen Ramsey thing. and Or maybe maybe it was Minka Fitzpatrick, but it was kind of this idea of, okay, Jerry, could you, could you really – and I think it was really more Jalen, but could you go out there and get – a Jalen Ramsey, even though you know he's going to have huge money coming up on his contract and you have a limited amount of pie. Now, all this was done without mentioning names, which is why it was vague because you can't. But Jerry seemed to indicate in his answer that, man, if you go after a guy like that, you might not be able to keep a guy you already have on your team who's better. And I took that as Jerry saying that he thought, you know, hey, maybe Byron Jones is better than Jalen Ramsey. And maybe he's talking about in totality – since he is the right kind of guy, just an amazing human being, and you're never going to have any issues that you might have with Jalen Ramsey. We'll just call it that. So that said, I, I took a little bit of encouragement there, thinking that uh, maybe Byron Jones is in the Cowboys' long-term plans. What, what do you think?
2: Man, I I love your ability to take, like, three leaps, like, you, you know, the vaguest <laughs> statement ever. I mean, And, you know, it's not Jerry Jones' fault. He can't mention another player who's under contract with another team by name but i mean you know i'm sitting there thinking okay he could mean amari cooper because amari cooper you know you know you could argue plays a position where you get the ball more and have a bigger impact so i have no idea if jerry was talking about byron but one thing i've learned over the last month is you know you can sit here and try to connect the dots all you want and you can have all of the right logic but you're still talking about human beings and a whole bunch of moving pieces, so it would be foolish to try to, you know, plan out the future. Case in point is I, I, I've been saying for six months Lyle Collins is too good uh, to stay here with all these people that they need to sign. He's going to price himself out of it and And sure enough, partially because of who Lyell is as a person, he wanted to be here. He probably definitely took less money than he could have gotten on the open market because that was important to him. Same thing with Jalen Smith. So you can't a hundred percent predict these things. I know you know it's it's kind of the popular talking point that Byron's going to be the odd man out, but, you know, let's say the Cowboys get Dak and Amari signed, you know, in relatively short order, at least before free agency opens, you could franchise Byron Jones or Byron Jones could could put such a high value on being here that that maybe he signs a deal that's favorable like Lyell and Jalen did. Um, it's hard to predict. So I would be I would be surprised if Byron got a big multi-year contract with the Cowboys. But I, I can't rule anything out just based on recent history.
1: Yeah, and uh, we've all kind of assumed Byron's gone, and I'd, I would love for Byron to be that Jalen Smith, Lyle guy that takes less. I, you know, that's the way. Uh, that's the way it kind of goes, right? We consider his fans and wish that all this thing works out, but he seem, certainly seems like one of the guys that you may have to let go of. Um, is he? He looks like he's a hundred percent back, though. I thought his game last week was spectacular. Do you think that, uh, you know, Anthony Brown is a guy that's in the last year of his contract. You know, Cheeto's got a couple years to go. Um, do you think that the secondary is a strength of this team? As all this Jalen Ramsey talk has been going on, do you need to give up an asset to get a guy? that Obviously, we all think Jalen Ramsey's incredible. Or do you think that the secondary is squared away and, and, and they really don't have any issues back there?
2: I think it's a little bit of both. And I'll, I mean, I can talk about Jalen Ramsey all I want. And I'll use that as an example. Here's... Here's what I don't like about the Jalen Ramsey deal, and I was actually I was intrigued about Minka Fitzpatrick because this is a guy that can play three positions, who's got three years, four years left on his rookie deal, so you get that production at a, at a cheap cost. Whereas Jalen Ramsey, you're definitely talking about giving up a first round pick and probably more than that, and then you got to turn around and pay him an absolutely staggering amount of money, like next year. You know, I I don't know this for sure, but. Jalen Ramsey strikes me as the type of guy that could hold out of his fifth year uh, you know, in, in anticipation of getting a better contract, just like Melvin Gordon's doing right now. Um, so that is a lot of capital to spend, whereas look what the Cowboys did with this secondary just a couple years ago. I mean, they drafted Cheeto, Jordan Lewis, and Xavier Woods in the same draft, and that is the bulk of your secondary right there. Who knows if you're going to keep them all, but you need draft picks to be able to replenish uh, those positions, especially when you're paying Dak, Zeke, Amari, Jalen Smith, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. You need to draft well to be able to keep paying those guys because you need cheap labor to, to fill those holes, so... That's what I don't like about that is, you know, who knows if Anthony Brown stays here, who knows what the future holds for somebody like Cheeto, but you need premium picks to be able to replace that uh, production.
3: All right. Uh, Love having you on the show because I think you're a very rational, even-keeled guy. And so I enjoy your takes on a lot of different subjects. And there's been a lot of talk about Eli Manning uh, as he's been benched now. And there's a lot of chatter about is he a Hall of Famer and those types of things. And, I always hate it when uh, a debate about quarterbacks always comes down to just Super Bowls, because that's a team-oriented thing. And sure, you have to be clutched to win Super Bowls, and you have to play well at the quarterback position, but I don't think Trent Dilfer, because he won a Super Bowl, is better than some quarterbacks out there who never did. So that said, who was a better quarterback, Tony Romo or Eli Manning?
2: Oh man, see and look. I'm I'm an outsider here. I'm not from Dallas. I I, I I've only been around the Cowboys for the last six or seven years, um, so I I have an outsider's perspective. And honestly, and I think you framed it really well because I think there's so much animosity for Eli Manning in Dallas. I mean, obviously he starts for a, a division rival, but Tony Romo was the better quarterback. And and that eats Dallas fans up because he's not gonna get as much credit as Eli Manning because he didn't win the big one. And you're right, it's a it's a team it's a team game and there's so much that goes into that. Obviously, you know, Justin Tuck and Jason Pierre Paul and Michael Strahan deserve a lot of credit for those Super Bowls, but that's the bottom line. And my thing is Tony Romo is undoubtedly a better quarterback, but most Cowboys fans would gladly take Eli Manning's career. Like you're like between Tony Romo and Eli Manning Pick which resume you'd rather have your team have. You're going to take the guy that won two Super Bowls. And anybody that disagrees uh, is being disingenuous, in my opinion. So, Romo's better, but I think Eli comes ahead in the long run. I'm sorry to say it on a Dallas radio station.
1: Well, you know, uh, Jerry has expressed uh, lamenting that many times, that they didn't get to the Super Bowl with Tony Romo because he was a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback. And and
2: he absolutely was, for the record. It just didn't work out.
1: There's no doubt. Uh, he owns all the Cowboys' passing records, and uh, you know, just it never worked out when he was finally at his best too, and he had a good team around him. He couldn't stay healthy. It's the it's the whole thing. You don't get a good offensive line in front of your quarterback. Eventually, they will break down, and it just it's it's a unfortunate irony that he broke down at the wrong time. All right, before we let you boogie, will the Cowboys cover this ridiculous spread?
2: I think they will. Like I, I mean, you know. It's the NFL, I get that, but if the Cowboys and and maybe they don't win 59-10 like the Ravens did, but uh like I said, if if they're not ahead comfortably enough to pull some starters in the fourth quarter, then you know, we need to be re-examining how we feel about just how good these guys are cuz they've looked as good as anybody in the NFL the first 2 weeks. They should be able to handle this team. I think they probably win by at least at least 28 if not more.
3: Man, awesome as always. Outside of missing the Romo question, I thought you had a really
2: good, uh, good show today. Hey, is there, I appreciate is there, that. Yeah,
3: yeah, no problem. Is there anything we can promote for you over at DallasCowboys.com?
2: Uh, you know, I we do a you know we moved Cover Four, our kind of variety, uh, our variety fun show that we do. We moved it to the morning. It's at nine twenty. I thought today's episode was was hilarious. We've got Barry Church on the cast now. Remember him from his playing days with the Cowboys? He's a natural. Uh, he's only been doing this for like three weeks, but he he's pretty damn good at it. So if you want to head over to our website and give that a watch, we had a lot of fun this morning.
3: Awesome. We love us some Barry Church for sure, and we love us some Dave Hellman. Thanks for taking the time, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, y'all. All right, there he goes. The great Dave Hellman from DallasCowboys.com. Coming up next, seven week four games. that are going to shake up the college football playoff picture. That's next on 105.3 The Fan.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers over Think your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
3: What we want to do here before we get into uh, the Cowboys drafts under uh, Will McClay and talk a little bit about Steph Curry's comments about Kevin Durant, we want to have a little college football preview. And these are the biggest games this weekend. And let's start with uh, Saturday, Saturday night, eight o'clock, number seven, Notre Dame at number three,
1: Georgia.
4: Oh, give me some of this. Dad gummit, they better have this on at Choppy's birthday party. <laughs>
1: Choppy's Mr. College Football.
4: Yeah. Whatever the best college football games on will be on. This is gonna be a lot of fun for a lot of reasons. Hey, Georgia's we know they're good, but like Notre Dame's people forget they made the college football playoff last year. I did And then they got that. destroyed by Clemson. And it seems like over the past five years, every time they get a chance to go play a top five or top ten team, they get close in the regular season and just can't do it. Right. Um, I was looking at it. They lost to Georgia by one in 2017. In 2015, they lost to Clemson by two. In 2014, they lost in their close game when they were – Oh, it was against Florida. They lost by four to Florida State. Like every time Notre Dame's got a chance. But they went 12-0 last year. Made the college football playoff behind their quarterback Ian Book
1: and got pounded.
4: So this is their chance. The line is fourteen. Is it though, really for Georgia? So I,
1: I really don't know what is Notre Dame's defense like.
4: Uh, they, they're okay. They've got a couple of good pass rushers. Um, the, the, another good matchup is Georgia's got probably the best tackle in the nation, and Andrew Walker, and he'll be going up against some of those Notre Dame pass rushers. The story, though, to me is Notre uh, uh, Georgia's running back DeAndre Swift is probably i mean god that's a good running back class coming probably if there was going to be a first round caliber running back he's the guy he's in the group of one or two or three guys who might be taken and notre dame just gives up the booty on the run so Ooh, tough one could be another big day for swift but you look at georgia every year it seems like they got five running backs remember when they had sony michelle and mm-hmm. nick chubb and they that was a
1: fun team to watch
4: avander holyfield son elijah Holyfield. They got like three guys who can run it, so. So
3: according to ESPN's Football Power Index, this is the only game Notre Dame isn't favored to win. Mm-hmm. So and that's a big spread, it,
4: though. And I want to man, I, props to them for scheduling a, a game against Georgia. I mean, they've they've done this for the last few years. I have played Georgia with the home and home thing, but props to them because you don't have to do that. They could go twelve and zero by not playing any Power Five teams and kind of sneak in or be in the mix every single year. So they need to win it though, because if you don't, as a non-power five team, can you work your way back up? Can you get in at eleven and one? I don't know.
1: This was our old buddy Frito's argument. It's like, well, you don't need playoffs because every week's a playoff in college football. Yep. Uh, Let's move on to the next game. Number eight Auburn and number seventeen Texas A and
3: M, and we've talked about A and M's schedule. It is just absolutely (laughs) brutal. And so, if they do have any playoff hopes. Must win. they've
1: got to win this. This is must win. Okay, I'm sorry, is this game at A&M or Auburn? At A&M. Kyle okay, Field. there you go. Uh, but obviously they're home dogs. Um, where are you guys sitting on uh, Mon? What's uh, the quarterback for A&M? Are you on board with him or I, not?
4: I know A&M fans are going to say, well, the wide receivers have had drops and the offensive line's had a couple issues. To me, Kelvin Mond in that Clemson game did not – he was jittery early. Half as good as he needed to play. Yeah. So I have a hard time taking him terribly, terribly uh, seriously. And I know that That's he's, a
1: tough place to play,
4: and that was early I in know. the game. Uh, I know. Which I is did, why I want to cut him a little slack. I want to yeah. give him a little bit of slack. This is the thing, though. They're 2-1 already. If you lose this one, and you still have Georgia, LSU, and Alabama, you're
1: going to have a 500 year, I mean, six and five type. Yeah.
4: The the one thing I think they do have in their favor is being at home, though. Over hundred thousand people at Caulfield, and it's freshman quarterback Bo Nix for Auburn. He ain't seen anything like this. You know. I don't have my pulse, uh,
1: my finger on the pulse of the local Aggie. How are they feeling about their team this year? Are they kind of like, are they kind of protecting their crotch right now, or do they still are they still pretty fired up, <sighs> thinking they can get this done?
4: I mean, this game?
1: No, this season. I
4: think they know they've got to know that they play Georgia, LSU, and Alabama. Well, that, in,
1: for most years, right? Like,
4: if I play Georgia, LSU, Alabama, Auburn, and and uh, Clemson, if I go two and three, yeah, am I happy? Yeah. If I go three and two, am I happy? Yeah, I just like, I don't know, man. You just never know,
1: like the way the alumni react. They were always butt hurt over nine and three when they had RC. So.
4: Uh, Can I throw this out there, too? Auburn's defensive tackle, Derrick Brown, he's hurt. He got a – I don't know what happened. But he might play. It's still – they don't know if he's going to play. Seen as a top five player, seen as the best defensive tackle in the draft. So, him being in or out of the game could make a difference. So that's something to watch for. And Shippy and I will be at the Boomer Jackson Fort Worth the uh, City View location of eight twenty, two thirty to four thirty on Saturday.
3: According to that football power index that I referenced from ESPN, the Aggies have a one percent chance to win the SEC West if they lose.
4: God. <laughs> oh man. Here's your
3: season. And what? the Tigers chance would drop to two percent if they lose.
4: Yeah. So so who is – do you know what it is if they win? Nope. I, I guess it would be – More than 1%. It's still under 50, right? I would think.
3: The Auburn has the number four remaining strength of schedule uh, in all of college football, according to that same index. Uh, so that gives them less of a uh, – let's see. It says they uh, also gives they give the Tigers less than a 50% chance to beat Florida, LSU, Georgia, and Alabama.
4: Can I say it? I really miss A&M being in the Big 12. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I mean, it's just – yeah. And I guarantee you there's a, there's a lot of Aggies that feel the same way. Me not having a local affiliation besides UNT, I, I want A&M to win. I, I, just, I just don't see how you can ever take that step forward as long as Georgia and Alabama are what they are LSU get, is what they are. It's just going to be so hard to ever be consistently relevant in that
1: conference. You, you have to get every single badass Texas player. When, when Herman and them get really good recruiting classes, I look at that as well. You just dropped one more notch in the SEC because the whole advantage of you being in the SEC was that you were going to get every badass Texas player so they could go play in the best conference. So when you miss on those guys, it is a hammer at you. All right, let's move
3: on to the next game. This is Saturday at noon, number 11, Michigan. At number thirteen,
4: Travis Frederick's Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I'm very happy that the college football makers were very good with the schedule this week because you know last week we had a kind of rough week in college. They didn't football. play last week. Not did a lot they? of good games. Yeah, now they're that. like, hey, we're going to give you the morning game. We're going to give you a good two thirty game. We're going to give you a couple good night games. I saw that Harbaugh's record at Michigan is forty and fourteen, is and I'm right? pretty sure. If they would have said, "Hey, you're going to bring in Jim Harbaugh, you're going to pay him this much," that forty and he'll be forty and fourteen, they would have been like, "Nah, we'll go find someone else." They
1: wanted forty-four and eight or
4: something. So this feels like a this feels like a big game to me. And I, uh, Michigan's a team who farted around with Army, and no disrespect at all to the Army football team, and thank you for your service. Well, that didn't sound sincere. No. But know. I would no. but I would say that Michigan Careful. doesn't have a lot of business. Farting around with Army. So wow. our buddy, what are buddy,
1: doing? Our huh? buddy uh, Bobby Carell is from up in that neck of the woods, and he went up and went to that game, and they are trying to figure out their plans. And they're like, man, the way Army plays, this is going to be a two-and-a-half-hour college football game. And there was so much farting around, that game ended up
4: being like one of those <laughs> four-hour deals, and they almost pissed it away. So apparently in Michigan, uh, Josh Gaddis is the guy that's been hired, and he's been the play caller. Harbaugh turned over play calling. And Shea Patterson's the quarterback still. And if the offense doesn't really snap it into gear pretty quickly, everyone kind of gets the vibe that is going to take the play calling away from him mm. pretty quickly into the season. And it's going to be tough because Michigan, I mean, Wisconsin hasn't played anyone yet, but they haven't given up a point yet this year. <laughs> so. Is that, I didn't realize that. I mean, they haven't played anybody. But still. But they're. A point? They haven't given up a single point. Wow. in Two games. Uh, and their running back, Jonathan Taylor, keep an eye on him. He is Awesome. So that's right. that game. Good, fun time.
3: Move on to the next game, number 10, Utah at Jared Sandler's USC.
4: Well, Friday night action. Thank you very much again, college football people. Another running back, Zach Gamos of Utah. Keep an eye on him. He's a lot of fun to watch. You know, probably late first, early second round type guy. USC is interesting, fighting for their coach's job with the backup quarterback, and they, they nearly beat BYU last week. So... I just don't know. You, they've got to win that game at home. They've got to go beat a Utah team who's ranked number 10, I think, in the nation right now. So
1: going across town, can Chip Kelly get fired midseason at UCLA? Is there discussions of that? Oh, I would imagine. Good God, they are a mess. Yeah. Do you got, since Chip Kelly left Philadelphia, I don't think he's had a winning season anywhere. Oh. Anywhere. It's just been a disaster. Huh? All right, let's move on
3: to uh, Oklahoma State at number 12, Texas. Woo! This is Saturday At
1: 7.30 p.m. All right, normally, I'm always really super interested in the Longhorn game, but I'm very interested in this. Oklahoma State is offensively good.
4: Got the college game day treatment in Texas uh, because Herbie and Chris Fowler are going to do the game on ABC. Uh, Tom Herman called this game an Armageddon-like situation because he's talking about how dangerous Oklahoma State is. Oklahoma State, their quarterback, his name is Spencer Sanders. He went to he played high school in Denton, Ryan. I haven't seen it a lot. I saw like a little bit of Oklahoma State game a couple weeks ago, and I was going, "Whoa, yeah, this guy looks like he can ball." Yeah. So. Uh, I'm not very interested in, in this game. I think it's, it's always dangerous. Texas and, and Oklahoma State's always dangerous, so it'll be fun. Uh, the Cowboys have won five
3: straight in Austin, the longest winning streak wow. by any school ever at Texas.
4: I did not know that. I didn't either. Uh, I remember last year's game. So that's game, a decade of football, right? Last year's game in Stillwater was incredible. I think it was at 38-35. Uh, Texas ended up pulling it out. No, right. no, no, no. Oklahoma State beat them. Yeah. It was in overtime. Yeah. Um, but that was just – that was a great game. It's always these two teams always play a great game.
1: This is uh and then also, you know, we've talked about this. The the, the the Horns have a legitimate chance to win the Big Twelve. It's gonna come down to that Oklahoma game. But you you forget, you these are one this is always one of the tougher games in the conference. You have to win this game if you want to win the conference.
4: Real quick, real quick, man, the, the uh the running back for Oklahoma State his name is Chuba Hubbard. Maybe it's Chuba, but I go with Chuba. I like that. Chuba Hubbard leading the nation in rushing. Oh and then their wide receiver, Tylen Wallace leading the nation in receiving. So Oklahoma State's going to get their yards. It'll be a fun game, man.
3: All right, finally, last game we're going to look at here, number 16, Oregon at Stanford, little
4: Justin Herbert. Herbert time, Herbert, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, played well. And in the Auburn game, I thought he was okay, and there are times he, I'm a, I'm, I watch him and I'm a little shaky, like, what was he doing right there? But they kind of run a weird offense in Oregon and things like that, but I don't think he's been like – worse than Tua you know I I think it's just hard to tell right now Stanford's not very good so Oregon you know they need to go win that game by a good 15 20 points they really need to have an impressive victory and I'm interested to see uh, uh, Herbert's stock climb Um, in a little bit I want to give you guys uh, a little information on what some people are thinking about Tua and Herbert we'll get into that at one o'clock do you have the latest uh,
1: Heisman odds on all the quarterbacks
4: last we checked Hertz was number one. Yeah, uh, and then Tua was next. Okay, so uh, you know, but that's going to be a fun game. I do want to mention this guy at this game. There's two thirty in TCU. TCU is number twenty five right now. They're taking on SMU, and SMU hasn't been beat yet. So that could be a great game.
1: Yeah. And so we have a Dykes as a
4: head coach, and we got a Morris as the quarterback. Yeah. SMU airing it out, baby. and the wide receiver's name is Rager, which there. is interesting. There you go. And then also six thirty in UNT. Uh, Apogee Stadium, uh, UTSA in North Texas. Me and Ben are going to that. If you you want to have the best seats in the house, come see me at Marty B's tonight. From seven to nine PM in Bartonville, I'll have a chance uh, for you to have the best seats.
3: I'm surprised you're not going to be
4: spending any time out at UNT. You know,
3: Skin and I are going to be getting out to the campus yep. a lot. We both graduated from there, and uh, big alumni. Yeah, uh, Mark Fine's got that broadcasting class that's out there that's finally invited us out. Man, amazing, this is kind of pretty cool. So, how's that
4: going? That class? It's going really is well. Big enrollment. There's multiple classes.
1: Yeah. He's got multiples. Classic Mark. Yep. I'm,
4: I'm going to Missouri for Gamecock
1: Shut Tigers. Shut up, <laughs> And he just ruined the whole effing week. Good God! What is a Gamecock? It's game unbelievable.
4: Cock? Is his uh, class called behind the desk? Behind the news desk? <laughs> Why? <laughs> his like, is that like the name of a sports talk segment? His son is playing quarterback out there and doing a really good job. Sure I don't is. know if they're. Uh, wait. So Mark was in an interracial marriage. Coming up next on the Ben and Skin <laughs> no? Show from the <laughs> it's not Pluckers
1: son. in Plano. <laughs> Let's, uh, let's do a little we, – we, this is a big day around the Metroplex. A lot of money is raised. We'll tell you why, and we'll also tell you what this former teammate said about his MVP friend who left him behind. We'll do that next on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. I do want to point out something that appeared earlier today on Pro Football Focus,
3: and that is that Travis Frederick is one of only three NFL centers this year with 25-plus pass block snaps – who have yet to give up a single quarterback pressure? Oh. so
1: Ben, this has not been discussed enough because the caliber of the teams the Cowboys have played. But as everyone's talking about Dak and they're talking about the changes in the offense, the fact that you have one of the best in the business back to full strength is a huge development for the Cowboys. They've
4: had time to throw. It seems like pretty much consistently. Yeah, um, got them all. Got the got the band back together, man. And yeah. Travis is just I mean it, it's on the it's on the ground too. You know, he's a run blocker. He's great as well. It's just so so great to have him. Back. I'm just glad to see KT come back around on. Him. Me
3: too. Cuz KT was out on him for a while playing yeah. down on him. But you're coming back around, you're starting to think that he is
4: actually pretty good. You know, I had some questions about if he would get his strength back. Yeah. And
1: <laughs> you're talking about his elf character in Dungeons and Dragons? No,
4: it's I'm highly intrigued by this because his little brother keeps wanting me to get in on a Dungeons & Dragons game, and I just don't know how it works, really. But if, it's like, are we going to be Skyping each other? But I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Sh- I'm sure there's, like, some sort of Google
1: platform where everybody can collectively nerd out. Um, I You know, I haven't done it in so long, guys, but I really like the camaraderie of the communal aspect of all these nerds in the same room rolling dice together.
3: Yeah, because that's what happens on Stranger Things.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's when I played in the... Uh, When I played in the 80s, a couple doors down, big Robert Nichols was the dungeon master, and we had about Uh four or five guys in there, and we're rolling our dice, and sometimes I was a wizard. Sometimes I was a dwarf. Dwarfs were cool because they carried battle axes. And people
3: were taking the uh, over on when you'd first see a
1: naked woman, right? Well, (laughs) actually, it's
3: interesting that you say that. You're talking about in person, right? Yeah, not in the game. (laughs) Okay, because I was going to say
1: Robert and Brian Nichols' dad also had a kick ass Playboy stash. And that was the first time I well, except for well, big John Canopy. Anyways, um so yeah, so in person, yeah, that wasn't gonna happen until I was in my late twenties. But in a magazine, it was actually, it was actually, uh, yeah, my wife showed me a friend of hers. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the Nichols clan, they had the, the good stack of, of, pay, of Playboys there in Dad's nice. room.
3: Well, this just goes to show that Travis Frederick is back to full power to being the original Travis Frederick that he always was before Guillain-Barre syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so now if he sees you at a party, he might pull you aside and talk to you about his Madden rating. Yeah, and how it should be a little bit higher than it is. I mean, it's still like a ninety four, but he
4: might corner you and go, Man, do you know why am I only a ninety four? And he doesn't just kinda of motion you over, you know, with his <laughs> fingers. He actually physically grabs you.
1: You know what? There's been time though, he won't use his fingers, but I've seen his beard curl up to motion you over. <laughs> Uh, Isn't it weird, though, that – isn't it weird the sort of uh, side effects of Green Beret Syndrome zaps you of your strength? You would think it would make you a badass. No, that's Raspberry Beret. Oh, yeah, that (laughs) turns you into a Prince fan. Uh, Okay, so let's hear this audio. This was a big story a week or so ago, what Kevin Durant said. I think that was a GQ or maybe it was Esquire. I can't remember the article. Oh, it was Wall Street Journal where he was just – Bitching up a storm, and I so want he ma- he's made some good points, and I've also like kind of reexamined my own attitude towards that, and I'm like, I think it would be so hard to just have the whole world coming at you on social media and all this sort of stuff. But there's things that he says that are just so ridiculous I can't handle them. And one of the things that he said that was absurd was, "Look, man." I had to leave because at the end of the day, some of that motion stuff just doesn't work. You need to go ISO. He's talking about Golden State's offense, which is historically brilliant. And the other thing about it is they won a championship without him, and then they set the all-time NBA record for wins in a regular season without him and then lost in the finals. And then they brought him back and they won two or three. So they won three championships, and they went to five finals in that span. And he's going to be critical of when that offense, what it really allows you to do. So Rachel Nichols doing a season preview with Steph Curry, asked him about Kevin Durant's comments criticizing the Golden State Warriors offense and how in the end it just really limits you as a player. Well, I don't even care
3: what plays we ran. We won two championships. We talked a lot about it throughout the you know the three-year run. Um, the word sacrifice, in terms of you know playing a little bit differently than we all had been accustomed to over the years. We all want to play
1: ISO ball at the, at the end of the day, at some point, <laughs> shape or form. But uh, I'd rather have some championships too. And this is real interesting because when Kevin Durant does come back. He's going to be sharing the ball with another ISO guy in Kyrie Irving. Irving loves to have the ball. I mean, I can remember a lot of games over the course of Kevin Durant's Golden State era where they gave him the ball and let him do his thing, man. He was not being held back. But it's just ask any guy that's got to go play defense. It's so much more difficult when there's a guy with the ball that's creating and two guys that are running off screens constantly. There's, it's just so much easier to score uh i w- i really have t- i've i don't know where you guys sit on this i want to like kevin durant i've tried so hard I, I try to think about the things he says and i try to put myself in his shoes but he just can't stop saying things that make me crazy
3: no he's uh he's unlikable uh and and you know when he we found out he had burner accounts and he's so freaking soft and it's just any amount of due diligence and trying to find out who in the heck he is just leads to disappointment. So this is another example. You have one guy saying, yeah, that offense kept winning championships. Eh, I really wanted to ball hog. And then you got a guy who's been a part of that offense going, yeah, we just kind of talked about how we all need to sacrifice in order to win because winning's kind of better than just getting stats. But, you know, it's all good.
1: And what, one more thing. <laughs> you know, you can change your opinion over time. But the interesting thing, remember, he went to Twitter when the Miami Heat formed their super team and criticized them for going about it that route, mm. and then he joined a super team. When he left Oklahoma City, the reason he sided is because they played too much iso ball, and it oh. wasn't a joyous way to play basketball. He just wanted to go play fun basketball, guys. Right. And now that he's walking out the door, that style of basketball, yeah. that's really limiting. Yeah. It's
3: pretty crazy because for a while there, I let my, my Mavs dreams wander into KD territory. Okay, would KD? KD, maybe he sees Luka here, and he'll want to come to Dallas. And I mean, I, I felt dirty. Because, I, I, you know, he might be the best player in the NBA, and I had to sit there and go, do I want him? Yeah. Will I feel okay rooting for him? I mean, I, I know, you know, if, if he was dominating for your team, you'd probably like him a little bit more, but I still wouldn't be able to make eye
1: contact with myself in the sports mirror. <laughs> and That's be like, well Ugh. said. Uh, you know one way, though, Ben, that you can look yourself in the mirror is to get involved in a day like today. There's a lot of national days today, but it's North Texas Giving Day which is a really great thing if you just head out on your social media platforms you'll see the 19th is a big day to give money it's one of the biggest charity days of the year that's in the United States and it's a North Texas thing it's a part of a lot of great days that are happening
3: today yeah and uh, you see Dirk all over social media for for North Texas giving day and uh, it's pretty awesome and uh, there's a lot of great charities that we're involved with and Hey, you can go to NorthTexasGivingDay.org right now, and you'll just see a list of, there's 200 pages of charities. Yep. So there's almost, uh, let's say, well, there's over 3,000 different charities right there that you can go choose from in just North Texas alone. So, yeah, by all means, go give to a charity today. You'll feel so much better about yourself and about your day. But it is some other special days that we should talk about. It's North Texas Giving Day, but it's also... Talk like a pirate day. Oh, holy Mike Leach. So is this the day that caused Roy to go into the drive-thru and, like, talk like a pirate? Yes,
4: Yes, I remember Métis, and then he had the fake pirate squawking a little bit. So (laughs) his
1: Australian thing is good, but I think this is his best bit. It's yeah. the one that, that makes me laugh the hardest. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it, especially when he mimics the bird. He's <laughs> 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 doing two characters and a drive-through,
3: and the parrot is not just repeating things; it's having a
1: conversation.
3: So <laughs> <laughs> Roy uh, is a genius. Uh, it's also uh,
1: Butterscotch Pudding Day. Okay. Uh, I don't. Interesting. I don't know that I'm in on pudding in general. I mean, I think, what the hell did you just say? I think it's mid-tier dog.
3: I think it's Man, spoken like a skinny person, dude. <laughs> what? Clearly, you're not a pudding fan. Let the fat guy talk for a second, okay. all right? It's like, look, pudding is delicious. Oh, yeah. It's like there's a party in your mouth and the pudding's invited. Yeah. Sir. Think about
4: you so said, You're
1: putting your tongue on it.
4: What's interesting is he said mid-tier, though. Like, what do you mean mid-tier? Dude,
1: I'll throw down on a Bundt cake 50 million times over some pudding.
4: A bunt cake? What the but, hell is a bunt oh, cake? bunt cakes go Don't hard. Don't bring a cake into this. Bunt cakes, pudding. dude.
1: This is, this is the whole chain that Wash started. Nothing but bunt cakes. A bunt cake. Um, and so this, it's a delicious cake, and it's really perfectly sized. And so what I'm saying is is, is I'm looking at, you know, 50 desserts in front of me. Pudding's uh, just kind of
3: getting lost in there. Nah, you, you order a bunt cake if you want to move the runner over. But if you want to really hit one out of the park, you enjoy yourself some pudding. Get yourself a snack pack. Yes, get yourself a, a snack, snack pack. As you're a kid, did, I, did you not eat pudding as a child? No, I did. But I, also,
1: I'm not going to eat butterscotch pudding. That's
3: fair. That's a fair point. Of all the puddings, butterscotch is the worst. <laughs> you're I,
1: offering up, uh, you're basically offering up uh, Juan Gonzalez as your bunter in this situation. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I would say uh, tafioca
3: pudding, chocolate oh, yeah. pudding, both far superior to uh, Butterscotch Pudding.
4: I always thought Tweety Bird. I, I love chocolate pudding. Beckham Louis Tweety Bird would be like, hey, I saw myself a pudding cat. <laughs> That's <was> funny.
3: <laughs> Have you ever said – I, you I hear taught us a pudding cat. Why did I go
4: <laughs> – uh, National Pirate
3: Day. No, it's true. Yeah. It's National Pirate Day. It's also Hug Your Boss Day.
4: Eh. Oh, where's Gavin at? So Gavin's not here.
1: You
3: guys like to um, – for
4: National
1: Boss Day, Gavin's walking around the sales pit right now going, hey, it's National Boss, Hug Your Boss
3: Day. He's got a sign on that says, It's Hug Your Boss Day. Uh, so, in this day and age, though. You can't, no, not you, Gaylets. You can't. Uh, <laughs> you can't. Doing a lot of
1: intercom humor here, guys. You uh, can't
3: go around doing a lot of hugging. Not anymore. Not, not in this climate. It's a lot of side uh, hugging these days. It's a lot of side hugging, like, hey, listen, I just don't want to infringe on your space here. Right. Because, skin,
1: you're a huge fan of the reverse backward hug where it's, <laughs> no one knows it's coming. Yeah, I love that. A surprise one. And sometimes I'll spice it up by raising one of my legs. And it's not, you, can't you can't do that, do that anymore. anymore. No, I know. <laughs> you could last week. But
3: there no, There were no, some emails. No, no, you last, not last no? week. No, weren't emails last week. Okay. Uh, it's actually
1: uh, Pawpaw Day.
4: <laughs> oh! I got two Pawpaws.
1: Yeah, my kids are going to be very excited. They love uh, Gator and Pawpaw. So... Pawpaw
3: is actually uh, it's always the uh, the third Thursday in September uh, it's it's a Papa is apparently a, a, a forgotten American fruit Wow oh. yeah take a bite out of a creamy mango banana flavored pawpaw to celebrate Oh it's so. like a type of jello or pudding so This is
4: not your grandpa no it's grand? not your it's
1: not old papa
4: oh it's not yeah dang it. Shout I out I've to never pawpaw heard of it. Right I don't there.
1: Yeah, I think that must be a country thing. That just sounds like a mango. And they thought mango sounded too foreign. So yeah. they're like, yeah, let's call this a
4: pawpaw. It was pretty funny on Step Brothers, and that guy kept going, pawpaw! Paw!
1: paw! <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the pawpaw
3: tree, or the Asmina triolaba, grows in the southeast along the Appalachian Ridge and into regions like eastern Texas and Arkansas. It's a fruit bearing tree that is found as far west as Nebraska. Is that
1: right? Uh, I, am, uh, I want to, at some point in my life, get better acquainted with the American South. I know that I would really probably enjoy the scenery and the golf courses in places like Alabama and Mississippi. Southern Bells. Uh, I've, I've been to Florida, but yeah, and I've been <laughs> to the Carolinas, but I really want to explore that part of the United States because I just I have it. I don't know that much about it, and I, I feel like it's probably got more to offer.
3: I feel like Southern Bells are, uh, if you're going to power rank – by region, they would have a strong showing. What are they showing? Okay, coming up next, uh, let's get back into the Dallas Cowboys talk. <laughs> yep. A little Cowboys chatter. We're talking about their, all the drafts under Will McClay. We're going to put these drafts under a yeah. microscope. Taco Charlton has failed. It was an absolute bust. So what does that mean? Is it time to... Uh, to give will mcclay a a harsh talking to or has he just been so damn good that you just chalk it up to hey you can't win them all we'll talk cowboys drafts next on 105.3 the fan
1: you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe
4: visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey